Hello and welcome to Movie of the Year, the only podcast that has both the science and the screaming. And by science, I'm, of course, talking about hardcore science involving mutagen and the world being flat. My name is Ryan, and in a crazy twist of events, um, I'm going to be the host tonight. I would say that Greg is typically like a shredder, and Hmm. they call me like a super shredder. Greg, would you agree (laughs) with that? Uh, I guess so, because Shredder actually does something that matters, and Super Shredder literally does nothing but author his own destruction, so I consider that a compliment, Ryan. Thank you. Caitlin, was it really hard to go through all of COVID when people would say Super Shredder event and not think Super Shredder event? (laughs) And be like, oh, I'm not showing up to that shit. I'm not showing. They might, like, break a dock here. (laughs) (laughs) Unless it's like a shitty doc that needs to be torn down, yeah. and then you call Super Shredder. He's your best guy. He's your go-to person. <laughs> Have a doc that's decommissioned, but you don't know what to do with it? Hi, I'm Super Shredder. Just imagine knowing Super Shredder, being in that situation, and being able to say, oh, I, I have a guy. I have a guy for this. His name is Super Q Shredder, attorney at law. I'm uh, like an apple. One of me a day will keep your docs at bay. Wow. <laughs> Caitlin? Yeah. Return fire, please. That uh, was <laughs> battleships. You're sunk. <laughs> that was wonderful. Um, Caitlin, the person who chose to, for us to do this movie yeah. uh, is not here. That was Cassie. She oh. said, let's do this one. And then she didn't show up. Um, so you speak not only for Cassie, not only for Caitlin, but the rest of your generation. What does this movie mean to you? Uh, okay, so this is my actually the, my first time watching this. Mm-hmm. What? Uh, I've never not watched even it. in high school. Not even in high not school. Even at all the parties you went I, to. I did watch it uh, with no sound uh, <laughs> previously, uh, but you know what? I'm gonna be honest. Watching it with sound much better. So uh, <laughs> was it? It was honestly formative though, because I do know a lot of the quotes from this without yes. seeing this movie. Uh, so my generation loves it. Is this still your go-to Ninja Turtles? Or because I mean, there was the cartoon. There's been a million cartoons. There was the uh, TMNT animated movie. There's been Michael Bay's Ninja Turtles. Um, when you think Ninja Turtle, what is the face that pops up? The- these are the faces. Yeah. This is the face of TMNT. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, what is yours? Uh, that's an interesting question, Ryan, and it has a long answer, and uh, this is just the beginning of the p- first part of it. Um, for me, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was a, a cartoon, and as a, this is going to sound weird, but as a kid, this actually stood in the way of my uh, liking this movie, because it's not the same, if I'm not mistaken, it's not the same voice actors. Um, it's their live-action puppets which now as an adult i'm looking at and i'm like these look amazing to me but as a kid i was like the cartoons move so much more they're always jumping through the air and it was because it was just a different take on the teenage mutant ninja turtles uh i didn't like it didn't grab my attention in the same way that the cartoon and honestly the line of toys Uh totally did when i was a child that's a good call for me uh, i was gonna say the cartoon until you brought up the toys and let me tell you folks i had everyone and some of them i had two of 
Yeah. These were good ass toys, dude. Yeah, I had the toys too. The toys yeah, highly are like highly articulated, like a lot of points of movement on them, a lot of vehicles, a lot of like attachments. The way they did their hands was really good for holding stuff, and like that was very fun to play with them that way. The tri grip. <laughs> yeah, totally. If you look at the toys, like I'm pretty sure there was some stipulation where they had to create two a day. So they're like, uh, put a gecko on a skateboard. Get him out of here. Uh, trash can came to life. Give him a magic wand. I don't know. Put a skateboard on a skateboard. We're running out of time. Just do it. Um, Greg, uh, did you grow to love this movie? As a kid, you could you could say something like, oh, this is a different take. Therefore, I don't like it. Fuck you. Yeah. And that's what I did. And so, like, even though Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were, like, a huge part of my childhood... And the movies of 91 I that we've watched, so many of them I could, like, dictate in real time. Yeah. This one, I actually, I'm only familiar with the end, and that's because it upset me as a kid. But, like... Wait, like, I, angered or scared? Angered. I hope we get to talk about it, because, uh, like, the end of this movie, something happened. I think they just ran out of money, or the costumes didn't work or something. Yeah, and so it's they're on the like, agenda. Yeah, okay. Um, but, uh, so, like, I didn't just, I, I didn't, like, with, like, with Hook... With Robin Hood, with Terminator 2, I knew all the moves because I watched the movies constantly. I think this might have been the second or third time I saw this movie, and I have no doubt that I have never enjoyed it more than when I saw it this time. Oh, like, yeah. I like this movie more than I did as a kid because I'm not judging it against anything. I don't remember that much about the cartoon. And so all I'm looking at is like these amazing looking turtles and uh there's actually some funny jokes it i don't know this movie kind of delivers I, I think that speaks highly to like the whole memories of it and the expectations of it like um our robin hood episode already came out our hook episode is that's patreon only but in both of those episodes we were like actually fuck this movie like, this is yeah this is stupid yeah uh, i was a stupid kid uh, i i can't wait to see how stupid you guys are now about this movie let's take a break and then let's get into it the year was 1990 and although most adults thought a particularly awkward named superhero team was mostly a joke kids were ravenous new line cinema gambled 13 million dollars on a teenage mutant ninja turtles film and it became one of the most profitable independent movies of all time new line then gave themselves about six weeks to make a sequel and they <laughs> inarguably made one Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze, doubled the budget, lost a turtle voice to drug charges, lost the man who created the costumes, lost an April O'Neil and gained another one, <laughs> not the one you're thinking of, Greg, and exchanged all of that for Ernie Reyes Jr., a stunt double in the first film, Vanilla Ice, and Tokar and Razor, two mutants created for the movie when TMNT creators Eastman and Laird said they could not use Rocksteady and Bebop for the film. Obviously, these two characters were far too important in the characters' lives, and it would have been a travesty to ruin the legacy of Rocksteady and Bebop <laughs> by having them appear in this cinematic classic. The movie puts Mutagen, Mutagen and the Turtles' past in the spotlight as they deal with where they came from, where they're going, and where they currently are, proving once and for all that yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, and today is a gift, oh which is why they call it the present. Taste, taste buds, I ask you this. What's the secret of that ooze? Well, for we've had a lot of fun like talking about <laughs> the secret of the ooze the entire season so far. It's amazing how much we've talked about it. So I really watched with that in mind. And here's as far as I can tell. The turtles always knew that they were created because of an accident. Like it's like some gunk got on some turtles. But for whatever reason, 
they really had taken it into their heart that they had like some purpose in being created. I think as beings, we all hope that on some level, that there's a reason why we exist and that we are the way we are and that it's not just happenstance. And I think what the secret of the ooze is, is that all of us are just a mistake in a way. All of us are a total accident and we have no purpose and there is no secret besides we have to figure out how to like live our lives as a kid. I wanted to know what the secret of the ooze was, though. I didn't want a metaphorical answer. I wanted them to be like, the ooze comes from another planet. You know, like that would have been a good secret of the ooze. Uh, Caitlin, go ahead. Yeah, the the turtle. Okay, the ooze itself, uh, the the yellow liquid, the fact that it made the daisies huge. I was like, what? The yeah. daisy part. That's daisies, that's what you were into. What I was really disappointed about was the fact that the daisy didn't have eyes and like really thick legs or something. It didn't become a teen. It didn't become a teen because we got these teenage mutant ninja turtles who are like super smart, like thinking. We even get to see like the the snapping turtle and the, the other guy. But yeah, and Tokar and Razor. Tokar and Razor. We got to see both of them, and this dandelion didn't have any eyes. So and, but, and they, they did, also didn't know karate. If yeah. those flowers knew karate, that. The, makes the set the ooze that much real slow with their photosynthesis raising their things to hit people also the turtles notably come out teenaged yeah <laughs> but tokar and razar they come out Baby. babies <laughs> and, and like not just like with the mentality of babies yeah like i mean they just want to be loved by their mother who they they right away like impressed on them is that shredder is their mom and he just, honestly, he takes advantage of that. He's not a very worthy or maternal figure. Shredder yeah. isn't? No? Shredder uh, wanted to, like, literally get rid of them because yeah. they're babies. It's like, you see these powerful babies, and you're like, no, I don't want to, like, raise them to be evil. No, I want to throw them in the trash. Like, Shredder, come we on! Had not, we had not had the movie Boss Baby yet, and so we didn't know the potential of babies a in a cinematic baby. way. Yeah, Shredder, Shredder wanted to do that uh, post-birth abortion that Republicans are always talking about with Democrats. Um <laughs> Greg, you almost got it right. Uh, your metaphor talk was very good. But um, the secret of the ooze is that it's from space, and that was in a scene that was cut out. What? But they kept the title of the movie. Okay, yeah. I remember either you or Mike said that at some point that the secret was that it comes from space. How, like, And how is that on the cutting room floor? How are there things that make it into the final cut of the movie? Yeah. But the secret of the ooze... Because doesn't make it. I was waiting, honestly, for like, tell me about more about this ooze. But all we know is that it was made in a lab and then spilled. And that's also, well, you got to spill shit if you're in a lab. Caitlin, one thing we kind of have to, I think, maybe a little bit per- put into perspective for you is that like the early 90s were a very oozy, oh, slimy, mean, gunky time. Oh, like, I, mean, I was born in that time. Nickelodeon, <laughs> Exo Cooler. Like, there was just green goo everywhere. Yeah, it would, like, drop from the ceiling on celebrities when they weren't expecting it. All right, that's not the real question, guys. Uh, Modern movies are mired in an avalanche of CGI, and we bitch about it a lot. How do the turtles and all of the practical effects come off 30 years later? Did it make us miss the CGI? I love it so much. The turtles blew me away. Also, the fact that the, like, the people inside the suits could do what they do yes uh, in yeah the suits like i've done some of those flips that they do i cannot imagine not doing in a that. turtle suit not in a turtle su- not with a big old shell on my back like i can't like get shell shocked like that like how how Nin- 91 i think in a lot of ways is the perfect year to watch us go from practical effects to to cgi and i have to say like as 
awful as CGI has gotten because it just gets worse all the time instead of better. Um, I think we forget how amazing practical effects got right at the end. And looking at specifically the turtles and their very expressive faces, and as Caitlin said, like the fact that the suits could move as much as they could, uh, we abandoned an industry that we like had basically perfected I when we waiting. turned our back on these effects. I keep waiting for somebody to Guillermo del Toro or Edgar Wright or somebody to be like, you know what, fuck this. That's uh, they'll they'll never get the money for it is the problem, but somebody who's like so in love with movies and older movies that they'll be like let's do this practical and i think that i can't imagine what it would be like to be making ninja turtles 2 and then see the trailer for terminator 2 and be like oh fuck yeah oh, dude. we are so screwed but the dun, 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 dun. <laughs> where it all comes together is probably jurassic park where cgi when we need it practical effects when we can that's and honestly like, the practical effects kicking the ass of the cgi right like the that t-rex is a real thing and that's what looks so amazing now i'm gonna push back a little bit and i'm gonna say to you guys i, I totally buy what you're saying but there's a scene where they decide to play football with something in a mission impossible like room right like there's foot soldiers everywhere yeah and they're like uh donnie do the one two hike hut hut and then they're throwing this thing around uh and that looks that it was the ooze <laughs> of course it was uh that looked like uh the stage version of a ninja turtles play <laughs> like no watching them move around in an action scene can get rough the movie flexes in and out of quality and i think that you could literally chart how they were doing with their budget on a scene by scene basis and as it pushes on i think it gets worse and worse but one thing i noticed is i think at some point some of the costumes took damage and so then it became about, like, shooting around the fact that, like, I think Raphael's neck, like, where his head connects to his body, took a little damage. And so they had to, like, try to cover up for that. Um, With a shawl. He just had a beautiful shawl on for the rest of Which he looked really nice It in. was good. Yeah. <laughs> I love the scarf. And I also think that, like, um, the turtles look amazing. Tokar and Razor look pretty good. Splinter looks rough. I think that they were... <laughs> I think probably Splinter looks like they wanted him to look, which is like very much like a New York rat, which is not cute, but scruffy and kind of awful. And Shredder from the beginning to the end is a miss nonstop. They never got Shredder. They did not land this at all. Like, I think one thing we've gotten a lot better on that is practical is now when they make superhero movies, they can take uh, tubby dudes like me and then put me in like a suit where it looks like I've got a really built up upper body and they didn't do any of that with Shredder. They just like put this dude in a weird like purple robe, and they were like, "Eh, Even that's his, good like, enough." His like helmet that he has, you could see like the glue lines and things. Yeah, like, that. like you could see how it was made, but like not in a good way. Uh, and like his shredding helmet, like <laughs> honestly, Bring me my so, shredding helmet. Honestly, like somebody now doing cosplay of that would probably do a better like oh they, yeah. for sure <laughs> would probably do a better job making it but it's the thing is though is ridiculous that there was i think again even in a movie called teenage mutant ninja turtles 2 the secret of the ooze there was this fear of being too comic booky and so you wanted your practical suits to be literally practical like yeah this is what he would make if the shredder really existed instead make it look cool because he doesn't actually have to do any shredding like, you could do all that with movie magic. <laughs> but they were like, no, let's construct once. this in the cave like he actually would. What if there had been a big scene where, like, the turtles are just about to bust in and they're going to have a bunch of, like, the evidence they need. And he and a bunch of documents are in a room. And he's just <laughs> got to absolutely shred the hell out of them before the turtles can get to them. He's just sharpening his shredders. like. Also, he's this on a This is snowboard. what I was made for. 
Let's get all the shredding we can with this person. So he snowboards everywhere while he is <laughs> yeah. cutting up papers. This is how dumb I am. I kept looking at him being like, they ripped off Darth Vader. And it's like, no, he he looks like a samurai. And then Darth Vader also looks like a samurai. They're just, they're both versions of the same reference. When they did Tokar and Razor, so Be- Bebop and Rocksteady are a rhino and a boar. Yeah. And so for a Tokar and Razor, they did a wolf and a Turtle? They did another turtle. <laughs> Why and we nobody have says turtle? anything about it. Nobody once goes, oh, look, it's another turtle. Like, they just act as if it's not another dude with a shell. Like, you have to at least reference, like, brother, like, w- are we the same? Like, what? <laughs> at least call him brother. Okay. Yeah, dude. Just So we had one that was a snapping turtle, and yeah. the yeah. other one was a wolf. Uh-huh. A wolf, he- yeah. You don't put the L in the word I, either. I, I, I can't either. I, I can't, can't do it. I get made fun of all the time. I can only say it like the word that they, the actual animal uses when yeah, they speak. Wolf. Wolf. Can we just admit that wolf is a better name for it? Yeah. The L is wrong. I can say golf, but I cannot say wolf. Uh, wolf. Look at the wolf. No, it's yeah, a wolf. That's it's a wolf. wolf. <laughs> just ask That's it wolf, what its wolf. name is. It'll tell you. But Chewy? He, he's like... He's orange, okay? I get it. Like, turtles yeah. are green, so the Ninja Turtles are green. Snapper, not his name. I don't know what is his name. The snapping turtle guy. He's either Tokar or Razor. Yeah, yeah. One, of <laughs> one of the two. I'm going to say he's Tokar. Uh, he, he, like, gives a little bit of a turtle vibe. This guy does not look like, like, he doesn't look like a wolf at all. I don't you know what it. it is? They had one extra turtle costume, and they're yeah. like, we're not going to mention that he's a turtle because then it'll be obvious that the only reason he is a turtle is because we already had the costume made. So we'll like, just make him a turtle and then not mention it. I want to bring up the toy Metalhead, the robot turtle. Great toy. God, uh, yeah, that's a good one. Also, we do get to see Tokar and Razor in their original form when the medicine finally works because fire extinguisher plus pill, <laughs> fire extinguisher plus donut <laughs> reverts you to original form. Uh, it de... Uh, what do you call it? De- devolves you, yeah. Uh, and yeah. so that like we have a literal wolf and snapping turtle on the ground yeah. in a club. Hey, Ninja Turtles, should you be more careful with this? Because you were handling this stuff. You were this close to becoming little tiny baby turtles. You could well, have turned it at least because it was orange, right? Give us like a fox. Give us something that's orange. Yeah. But you gave us like a brown, like little tiny wolf. How about a red panda? A red panda. Yeah. They they never knew how hot that was going to turn out to be. (laughs) And you mean hot like buzzworthy. I I really feel like this movie um, leans on the idea that they are teenage mutant Ninja Turtles more than the cartoon ever highlighted their teenageness. They suck at this. Yeah. they, They spend so much of the movie not constructively addressing what's going on in any scene. And it's because... They're literal teenagers, and they keep stopping in the middle of everything to have another slice of pizza, to make another joke, or just to all look at each other and go like, whoa! <laughs> Can we talk about the pizza of it all real quick before we get out of here? Dude, we uh, have to. The intro has people, like, pizzas, Greg, you've been to New York, right? Yeah, oh, dude, this was the New York I always went to. Like, I <laughs> I am more familiar with the New York of the late 80s and early 90s than I am with it anytime recently. And I know uh, pizza... New Yorkers like their pizza. They're always like, I'm walking here to get a slice of pizza. Yeah, pizza to pasta. Yeah, definitely. Uh, But the way that the intro to this movie makes it seem is that pizza is now out of control popular, and it's because of the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. 
That's what I got too. I was like, wow, okay, pizza. Pizza is the main character of this story. Did pizza pay for this movie? Pizza. Honestly. Big pizza. Big pizza. <laughs> like the third shot of the movie, when that couple makes out, they're both wearing the 80s power suits. They stop making out. Just shoulder pads for days. And then they each take a slice of pizza and, and take a big bite out of it. Uh, that's when I knew like, Holy shit, I'm going to like really enjoy watching this movie. That's the one of the funniest things that happened in the entire 91 season was like that <laughs> shot right there. Is it weird that the turtles love pizza and repopularize pizza, but then just a couple years ago, and Splinter never eats it because he's a rat, but then just a couple years ago, it was pizza rat. There's pizza rat. Yeah, I think he doesn't eat it more because he's an old man. Yeah. You know, Splinter's like 80 years old. Like, I'm 40, and already pizza is like, I just, I, I know I'm going to be devastated after oh. I eat it. Pizza, eating like two slices of pizza in your 40s is like drinking a bottle of vodka. Like, you have to prepare the next three it's days It's like getting of your in a life. fight. <laughs> like, you wake up the next morning, you're like, oh, God, what happened to me? Oh, yeah, I had two slices of pizza. You could and uh, the way that you can tell that they're teenagers is not just because they use the word cowabunga, although that is a big clue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Splinter at the end, like sees him on the news, and he's like, "These fucking idiots!" Yeah. Like he's just straight up, he's so tired of their shit. He he's keeps old telling and them, young. "Like you're ninjas." <laughs> like the whole thing I trained you to do is like stealth and everything, and you don't do any of it. Like don't pose for pictures. <laughs> oh, sorry, man. <laughs> As a what they were on the front of the the paper or something like that. Yeah, and then yeah. and and then the the uh, TV station showed the front page of the newspaper. So that's even yeah. worse. All right, we're gonna take a break. But when we come back, we're gonna talk about uh, the script. Did it, did this movie have one? <laughs> Find out next. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening so far. And let me just tell you that everything ahead of this commercial is much better than what came before it. That's my guarantee. While I have you here, let me tell you about a website. It's called yourpopfilter.com. And it's everything you need that's related to pop filter. Everything Mike, everything Ryan, everything Greg, everything Cassie, everything is there at yourpopfilter.com. While you're there, go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Make that your new Amazon bookmark and do your shopping from there. That way we get a little piece of the action and Amazon doesn't. Make sure you're also listening to everything that Pop Filter has to offer, which includes the Superhero Show Show, a podcast that covers every single TV show that's based on a comic book or comic book property, and Movie of the Year, where we sit down and try and figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year. That's Superhero Show Show, that's Movie of the Year, and that's yourpopfilter.com. Rate, subscribe, review, bye. Let's talk about the film's structure. Once again, comparing it to modern superhero films, what was it like, guys, to watch an 88-minute film streamlined to the point of almost no B and C plot lines? We are uh, on the precipice of seeing Doctor Strange 2, which you know is going to be a fucking plot madhouse. Uh-huh. We, just, we just came out of the Batman, uh, which 17 plots in a three-hour movie. And then we have this 88-minute uh Here's the heroes, here's the villains, their fight, and now we're done. Well, this movie is like a, a type of movie that I don't think exists anymore, but we've talked a lot about in the, the 85 season and this season, which is like the star is sets. Like that uh-huh. subway set they built, like you just find a reason to have the characters walk around inside that underground layer you know you just find a reason to have them be in april's apartment not that that's a great set or the but the roof where you like the very uh, sort of like fake looking new york in the background 
she's at Lois Lane level, like, fame. She must be, because that apartment in New York. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, that's got to be a pricey place. Well, this movie very much takes place in the dream of New York that movies of the 80s and 90s built. You know, like, uh, it's not, it has no relation to the actual place. Right. But I, the reason I say that is because, like, so much of what's going on in this movie ultimately doesn't even matter. Like, the there's barely a plot in this. It's kind of like Shredder is back, and the Ninja Turtles want to learn how to be better at being ninjas, and they want to figure out what's up with their origin. And that's, like, that's it. That's the plot of the movie, and that doesn't really advance much. But, Caitlin, like, that, I, what everything Greg just said stinks to me of we have 10 minutes to write a script because we have to make this movie now to capitalize on the popularity. Did it bother you, though? Did it ruin the movie? I, okay, you could feel it. You could definitely feel it. You could tell that they wrote probably the first 20 minutes. And yeah. then they started filming, and people were feverishly writing as they had, like, 10 days left to film. That's like what on it felt old like. old-school typewriters. Yeah. Just, just like, rip the page out. Fingers high up in the air, like, using their elbows to type. Like, uh, like you could tell at the end, it was, like, when it finished... I was like, wow, you did it. You did it. Somehow. Somehow. By so, the grace of God. By the grace of God, you 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 did do it. But it, it definitely feels like we get a long intro and then it's like boom. I agree so like much. Law and order episode. I agree with that so much. It felt like this movie knew exactly where it was going for the first half of its running ah. time. And then it was like I just imagined they had one problem after the next and the way that they addressed it was they kept changing the script until they got to the point where they just they didn't have anything that cohered anymore besides the fact that it's you're following these turtles around. But knowing we watched it as adults, it, it was made for kids, does that matter? Like, does anybody give a fuck? I think as a kid, I would have watched this and been like, cool, they're still fighting the whole time. Right. Like, I'm totally, like, into it. I don't All care. All of my uh, boxes are checked. Yeah. Shredder, bad turtles good yeah that's how i would have watched it and the fight scenes it doesn't matter why they pop up they're entertaining they basically have cartoon logic where the heroes can just be like hang on a second and then all the bad guys stop fighting them so they can Uh, do some sort of team attack they call timeout yeah we have to stand here you know the big mistake they made and it's probably because they just didn't have the budget to do this like with all things but the foot clan should be robots that's what they are in the cartoon and it means you can slice and dice them but when you have every single enemy be a human, they, like, spend so much time. Like, Leonardo carries two swords, and he spends so much time, like, grabbing lamps and, like, uh-huh. just punching people. They didn't use a lot of the props. That's for sure. Like, I didn't see, like, any nunchucks besides when April picks them up. Like there Their weapons? Their weapons. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I think that's a problem with both of the first two movies. I've never seen the third one. Sorry, guys. But uh, <laughs> Turtles in Time? That- Turtles in Time yeah. is that uh, Raphael is sort of like a weird Ray Romano sounding bitch. Mm-hmm. But other than that, they're all the same. Yeah. Like they don't you really use their weapons and they don't really have the same personalities that we're used to from the cartoon. I don't like, think you can. Donatello use, does machines. I don't think you can use the the weapons with those with their headpieces on. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why they didn't try to do that. Like, but it is so weird to. And they are, you're right, Ryan, they basically, they have very similar voices. And, like, Donatello says big words. Sometimes, yeah. 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 Donatello was the only one where they, like, thought, like, ooh, he's the smart one. Oh, and he works with the, 
the scientist. Yeah. I do have to say, Raphael is freaking rude, dude. Like, he is so abrupt and rude and in your face in this movie. I do think they nailed that. I think it's way settled down from the first one, though, where, like, he is basically the cause of and rarely the solution to all of their problems. Yeah. Do you remember the first one at all, Caitlin? No. No? It's so much different. It's so dark and gritty and weird. It's like Frank Miller's Ninja Turtles compared to this movie. Ah. Uh, now I want to watch that one. I. Uh, we're going to get to Act 3 in a second. So let's talk about the first scene. I think the first scene is where the movie is at its best, where they were like, uh mall like toy store mm-hmm. would that be cool and then that's where we get to see uh all right let's make a list of all of the crazy stuff they could do in that toy store and this is i think where ninja turtles works where it is a live action cartoon and at one point one of the turtles acts like one of those um clowns wobbly, with, like, yeah clowns, clowns with like sand at the bottom and he just wobbles to him to and fro that's just a list of that shit yeah for 10 minutes and i'm good yeah. that's all i need from a scene and when he did that, okay, Ryan, when he did that, I was like, damn, this is good because he's live action and it's like, I'm buying it in the suit. And the, the, oh, the foot soldier's like, no, wait, what? No, oh. that's no, that's a toy. I've been fighting turtles all night, but that's clearly a toy because he's his, weebling good. His eyes moved around. I was like, oh, my God, I love this. That that whole scene, I was like, you got me, turtles. But <laughs> see, turtles. there is something that happened then because that same energy that the fight scenes completely lose that creativity they completely lose that dynamic and it becomes mostly just weird gags like 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 dialogue gags and it 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 just by the end of this movie you are so done with it in a way like but it has already built up so much goodwill in the first you know third or, or or half i wanted to uh i went to wikipedia and did some research on the director of this movie. His name is Michael Pressman. Uh, I want to read this. This is from Wikipedia. Uh, With that modest success, Pressman was categorized as a comedy director and was offered films like The Bad News Bears and Breaking Training, the sequel to the immensely popular original starring Walter Matthau, the Dan Aykroyd comedy Dr. Detroit, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Use. These films, though successful, represented but one side of his ambition and talent. Have you guys ever heard a Wikipedia page more written by the person? No, than sir. That sentence. Is he just a sequel dude? Is he, I guess he, so. Yeah. He sounds like a, a a number two dude. Sequels for me only. <laughs> I there I'm a number two director. There is such um, a wave of melancholy that passes over you when you realize that you're reading somebody's Wikipedia page that yeah. they themselves have written, because it's like, okay, this dude like directed movies and like successful movies financially successful and also pretty entertaining but when i find out that he went to his own wikipedia page and wrote his own entry i am that's so profoundly sad yeah that's like the saddest thing you could possibly do but it shows just one parents i'm gonna call his doctors and like this guy needs help but it's just but one facet of his (laughs) multi-dimensional charms and talents uh greg in this movie we're missing casey jones yes Played by Elias Cotillas. And we are basically missing April O'Neil. She is not a character at all in this movie. But we do get uh, Ernie Reyes Jr. playing Kino. Kino. What was that a good human entry into the Ninja Turtles team? Was he? I thought his entry was really just forced. But I liked him in it. Like once we got him in. I mean he was cool with his like 
kick flips everything he did. I was like, Fuck everything yeah. he does is a kick flip. For yeah, sure. he he walks in and he's like, I'm a pizza boy, and then he's like, No, I'm a big old kicky boy, and I'm like, Yeah. And then the turtles show up, so it gets even cooler. He's delivering pizza. He's delivering kicks. Yeah. What won't this guy deliver? He's yeah. built exactly like them. And Ryan, that's because he was actually the stunt double from the first movie. Right. No way. I was going to ask because I was like, he moves just like a turtle. Yeah, he sounds Imagine exactly if you like could move him. without that way. fucking suit on. Ah. That's what you would, you would be Kino. It kind of seems like the, the whole point of him is to prove that if they weren't turtles, this is, this is what teenagers are like. You know, that like because yeah. we have a human version of a teenager now, like this is this is basically what they're like. It's what they sound like. It's what they do. It's what they're into. The, pro- the problem with a movie like this, uh, and even though it's still 80, it's 88 minutes, it will make the mistake of just ignoring characters for long patches, is that um, then he comes in at the end after a long break, and it's just the most tempestuous, the most teenage of all of them, mm-hmm. uh, and basically starts trying to beat up Shredder on his own, mm-hmm. gets taken hostage immediately. Like, this is all because you're stupid. Yeah. He's lucky he didn't get roofied. To be honest, like he's got big Rufio energy in a lot of ways, and that he easily does. could yeah, happen. This is this kid is my Rufio. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back. Guys, we have not mentioned, we've barely mentioned Super Shredder. We've not talked about vanilla eyes at all. How does this movie end? How does this podcast end? Let's do it both at the same time. <laughs> well, that is very, very funny. Or very sad. And perhaps now you have something to think about. Or very problematic, and perhaps we have something to think about. But in any event, I'm sure you have some reaction to what you're listening to. So why not check us out on the social media? You can go to Instagram or Twitter and find us at Your Pop Filter. Email contacts at Your Pop Filter. Hey, everybody. Keep watching them movies. So apparently superhero movies have had Act 3 problems since the beginning of time. How satisfying was it that Vanilla Ice and Turtle Dances have more screen time than Super Shredder in the last 20 minutes of this movie. What? I I still, I just don't get it. What happens here? So, as a kid, this made me furious. And I think I've sort of carried this fury into my adulthood. But, so, our heroes are standing under this pier. And our villain, who's now back super-powered, is, like, knocking it down. And they don't run away to save themselves they don't run away to save other people they don't challenge him they just sort of watch him do it and then finally one of them is like well we could jump in the water and then at the very last second the way that they like escape is they remember just that they can just jump in the water guys we are teenagers yes mutants for sure yes ninjas correct we've done all that stuff so far what if we were turtles and then dive in the water Here's my guess. My guess is the Super Shredder costume could not move at all, and you literally could not do any choreography with it. Like, maybe it couldn't even stand up, and they didn't know what to do, and they were just, this was the only way out. The only way to end the movie is my guess. I think that makes sense. Like, I mean, with a, with a budget of $25 million, we've talked about this already, you can feel it coming off the screen at all times, right? Like, just like racking up and racking up and racking up and then yeah like the like, first third of the movie they obviously spent 90 percent of the budget mm-hmm. and, and then I, the last third of the movie maybe they spent all of it just on vanilla ice yeah okay <laughs> when they were under that bridge though all i was saying i was like yelling and screaming like move yeah. get out from underneath the bridge like yeah just don't be there anymore just, just 
like he's taking down the bridge. That's okay. No one's on top of the bridge. No one's it, like, like they didn't talk about that, but we at least knew. Yeah. That nobody was gonna get harmed. Yeah. Because Super Shredder only wants to kill the turtles and yeah. not other humans. Oh, and uh, baby-minded other mutants yes, that he owns. Abort them. Yeah. And his Super Shredder's mindset is that he's so enraged that he just doesn't care that he's going to destroy himself. But you would think that giving mutagen to Shredder would be this awesome thing that we get to watch now. Yeah. The toy, like the Super Shredder toy, is really awesome looking. Like and he looks cool. It's just all he does is stand there yeah. and then knock the pier down on on himself. Greg, you bought the Super Shredder toy and you made a stop motion clip of what the ending should look like. Should we watch that now? <laughs> we'll watch that now in complete silence. Uh, all right, we're back. That w- Greg, you should have directed Ninja Turtles too. Well, they wouldn't let me because I was just ten. So they're like, get out of here, kid. And I was like, but wait, look, I've got this whole thing that I put together. Um, let's get to the other Super Shredder of the movie. Does Vanilla Ice date this movie and make it stupid? Or, because he's in it, actually make it magical? Magical, Ryan. Magical. Because go, Ninja, go, Ninja, go. I remember chanting that as a kid. Uh-huh. And, like, I didn't watch this. Because people, like... <laughs> People <laughs> chanted this all the time. Like, I knew that was associated with the turtles, but I had no idea that was Vanilla Ice. I would do that. Like, I would, as a kid, I would be like, where's the beef? I didn't know what the fuck that meant. <laughs> I would chant, where's the beef? All the, the time at, at Vanilla Ice shows. I never beef? noticed this as a kid, but, like, uh, Vanilla Ice is going off, right? Yes. Vanilla Ice's backup dancers are going off. All the white extras are going off. I have never noticed until this viewing that the black extras in this scene are, like, what the hell is going on? What is everybody screaming? What is that go ninja? Is that what? I don't know exactly what it is about it. If it's just like being around vanilla ice made them be like, what What the hell? But it's so weird how goofy, like all the white extras are basically like different versions of Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. And all the black extras are just like, what's going on here? I don't I, get this. Before my wedding, I... Just to reveal a little bit about ourselves, before my wedding, uh, my wedding party and my wife's wedding party went to Big Bear yes. or Lake Arrowhead. We all stayed at a cabin for the weekend just to get pumped up. And uh, the one black person from the w- two wedding parties like went to the bathroom. And uh, when she came back, we were all dancing to like Real Big Fish or Save Ferris. <laughs> uh-huh. And the look on her face was exactly like this. Like, th- what is this white people nonsense? <laughs> she literally but, came out and said, what is this white people <laughs> nonsense? But if you look at the turtles, they will only go and talk to the black people and, like, get validation from them. Like, after all their dances, they'll be like, huh? Huh? <laughs> and then high-five black people. <laughs> and then we also have the manager who's like, call the police. And then after it's a hit, they're like, no, hang up on the police. Like yeah. it's it's like Marty McFly it. or Back to the Future like uh this is your cousin Jerry be good or no yeah. uh what's his name Johnny be good uh Chuck Berry oh yeah anyway uh, it doesn't matter yeah uh, the this movie has a weird streak of like vaudeville in it there's just a lot of like like the the other mo- the other one is like the police uh, commissioner who won't do anything and like he won't comment on anything. And so it's just like this 
back and forth like well i'm not commenting on the no comment well you commented earlier well that's my final comment and it's just like is that is that for kids at one point they get caught in a net and Raphael goes call ralph nader I know that's a joke for parents, but is that enough of a joke for parents yeah. to really like warrant so ki- that? Kids don't get it, and parents are like, "I sat through this entire movie just to get to this Ralph Nader joke." That's the joke for me. Although I tell you, I think there is a joke for parents, and it's the one where uh, they're like, "Where's Ma- Where's Master Splinter?" And then someone's like, "He's on the roof." And then someone else is like, "What's he doing on the roof?" And then Splinter goes, "Coming," and they all turn around, and then he goes to a decision. <laughs> But there is a there's a second there where it hangs out where they're just like, "What's he doing on the roof?" And you hear him go, "Coming to a decision." This, there's also like, uh, and I want to give full credit to comedian Sean Distin for making this famous. But there is an all time joke in this movie where uh, you know somebody says it's a little too quiet, and then uh, it's a little too dark. Yes, and then somebody says, "Oh, there's Raph," and then Michelangelo says, "A little too Raph." A little too Raph, dude. That is a good joke. That's the thing. There are there are probably five different laugh out loud funny moments in this movie. And if you only, I have a tendency to think of like if you judge a comedy, if it made you laugh out loud five times, it almost doesn't matter how bad it was the rest of the time. I agree. So judged just by that, this is a solid comedic effort. I think. I also want to get it drives me crazy when all of a sudden movie characters um know the same choreography without ever practicing or <laughs> uh freestyle rap on the spot. And uh-huh. after listening to Vanilla Ice's song, this is actually something that you would make up on the spot. Like that it, it is that level of songwriting. Okay. Ryan, what happened is on the stage we saw Vanilla Ice's two backup dancers just like literally hitting every single one of their moves as hard as possible however many takes it took it didn't matter they hit their moves so hard the turtles then just took that energy and just did the same movement yeah. and like oh my god in the middle of an action scene yeah. that was winding down yeah. but not totally over they just go on stage to like get celebrations yeah. and then also continue the dancing yeah and i loved <laughs> i loved that i was like god why is this happening why I am do- i loving it I do have to say that that is a pretty iconic like um, 80s comedy end to a movie, though. Everybody yeah. just kind of starts dancing and partying. Was you it know? Bridesmaids, I think, where Wilson Phillips just come out, comes out yes. and everybody yeah. knows the song <laughs> yeah. and knows the choreography? <laughs> and they just or, do a show, basically. Um, this is the end where they're all in heaven and so are the Backstreet Boys. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the perfect way to end a movie. Uh, guys... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Use, was nominated for no Oscars and yet mm. received one. But tonight, <laughs> it will receive four. Caitlin, what are they called? Uzis. They're, it's going to receive four Uzis. When Our we come little back, Uzi Verts. <laughs> let's give them some awards. Greg, we already talked about the director and his. We know he can direct a Wikipedia page. Yeah. But can he direct a movie? What do you think was this director's signature move? I have to go with what I think is the funniest joke in the movie. And honestly, I, w- I was like, I'm busy right now. I'm not sure I want to do this podcast. But something about this movie called to me. And the moment I knew I absolutely had to do the podcast was when this couple, each in their <laughs> power broker suits, are making out each. We didn't mention this before. They're each holding like a like a martini they each have like a classy drink and they stop kissing so they can each pound a slice of pizza and just the like 
over the top nature of like the how faux New York that is, what a joke it is on movies and their depiction of New York, that really won me over. It's gorgeous. It's uh I mean I've having never been to New York, I feel like now I have been. Uh-huh. Caitlin, I showed it to my I showed it to my wife because uh, I I thought it was so funny and I forgot that the shot that happens right before that is a big shot of the twin towers. Yeah. <laughs> and so she was like, I showed it to her and I was like laughing and she's like, uh, "There's just a, a shot of the twin towers, kind of a bummer." And I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot about that part." <laughs> but did you expect the twin towers to both pull out a giant piece of pizza and put it into their windows? <laughs> they cheers it together on their spheres. It's, it's a good time. They are twins. Caitlin, uh, what does this director mean to you? God, uh, Ryan, this is crazy. But uh, Greg and I had a very similar one because mine was just pizza cheers because there is it opens with a pizza being pulled apart and then a big old pizza cheers with like five people, like five me and my best five friends are getting together and putting all of our slices together. And then the middle of it, pizza, end of it, pizza, pizza cheers, though. Now, when I tried to do that, when I tried to do that with California pizza, uh, hot cheese gets over everyone and we all scream. Ah. Is New York pizza better at that? I mean, you see the cheese fucking slopping off this this pizza. You know what it is? You know someone got burnt. (laughs) With New York, you got big foldable slices. And so you slice it over and it kind of makes the cone shape and that keeps everything together. I love how the whole New York pizza thing is all it is is in every other state, everybody's like, uh, no, cut it into slices that are easy to handle. And in New York, they're like, wait, cut it one less time. Now they're big slices. Now New York is a famous state. Good job, New York. Um, Caitlin, pizza cheers. You get the point. Yay! The next one is cringiest moment. Caitlin, what was the single biggest shivers? This movie started... And it had a line in the very beginning where I was like, Ugh. and it's by uh, Kino. Yeah, this yeah. is right away. I was like, oh, it, this is going to be a cringy movie. Yeah. Yep. Because uh, he was there's just some ladies he walked by and he I think he stared at them or something. And they were like, dream on, dude. And his replies, when I do, I'll dream of something a little thinner. <laughs> and then he goes, a comical like laugh. I'm like, oh, Kino, no. I I mean right away saying I uh, I I've been denied. You're a fat bitch. Yeah. That is one of our heroes of the movie. Yeah, and I was like, I don't know if I can like him. And then he started doing some kicks, and I was like, I will forgive you for now. Uh, next time you play Kino, uh, put your chips on different numbers than calling women fat. Greg, what's the cringiest moment? So that probably is the cringiest moment. Otherwise, I'm just gonna go with like the general anti-Asian racism which i don't know if it's like a big part of teenage mutant ninja turtles or is just because it's the 90s but it's nothing like acute but there's just a lot of moments of like i think white people doing very asian voices or i mean even splinter's voice is right like splinter's voice is not okay that's a white guy doing that i think and it's even if it's not it's like i think it's a black guy but still yeah so like i i don't know it's just again i don't know if there's any one acute moment but there's just like it feels uncomfortable most of the time when engaging with what are like supposed to be sort of like generally asian characters that's the other thing they're not like 
necessarily specific to any one culture. It just makes you feel uncomfortable. There was this time in movies where everybody was like, we can't make jokes about black people anymore. And that fucking sucked, man. Like, that was our go-to. We still have Asians, though. Let's do it. Uh, I'm going to give this one to Greg, even though, Kino, get your shit together. You know? Just because you were denied by girls that are way out of your league, don't call them fat. Uh, Greg, I thought about this one for... uh, while watching the movie pound for pound performance what the fuck do you do here um for me it is the the guy that plays the doctor the guy that plays the scientist Uh um he will not let you behind the curtain even a little bit he He never tell you the secret of the ooze he never one time indicates that he thinks that like he's better than this movie that he's better than this role that he has to like wink towards the camera he just essentially sells out every single scene and it on like on balance it elevates the movie he delivers a lot of the really funny lines and there is a like a a true center to his character that i think um it's just a little bit more three-dimensional than like you usually get from the egghead in a movie like this this is uh i'm i'm not gonna say that this person is patrick stewart uh i don't even know his name but uh this is a well-regarded actor who who has acted in a thousand movies which and is what this, it feels like. <laughs> and in this one, he's like, yeah, sure. It's Ninja Turtles, but I'm going to I'm gonna bring it, too. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'll he, just act alongside this big puppet. He as an actor gave it his all, but he as a, like, the character, like, he got into, like, the teenage, like, the, the teenage, like, feel. Like, he said cowabunga. He was like, I'm not better than these teams. I can hang with the teens, too. And he seemed like a cool dude. Also, uh, one of my favorite moments is when uh, Kino jump kicks the vial from Shredder's hands. And then we cut to the scientist just walking by, like doing a classic whistle, like, (laughs) and that just takes the mutant chin and gets the fuck out of there. We need that person. Caitlin, who do you think? Pound for pound performance. Uh, My pound for pound performance is going to be the stone actors because they fucking killed it. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Ah, Like, oh, man. How do you do that? How you move in that big green suit? How, however you did it, you did such a great job. I have seen so many screenshots of like you being able to see the face inside of the like, yeah. suit. I was staring at my screen. I was like up, like my eyes were like almost touching the screen. Just freeze frame. Freeze. I'm gonna see if I can see teeth here. I was looking for teeth and I didn't see any teeth. So stunt devils, good job. Uh, behind the actors. scenes of the movie, they pulled. The teeth out of every stunt double. Yeah, like they had no teeth just yeah. so they could be in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Good on them. That's th- dedication. I'm gonna have to give that one to Caitlin again. Uh, way to go. Even though that there were times where they would jump on a chair as the chair was rolling through an office and it would look absolutely terrible. <laughs> uh, I would give that one to Caitlin. Recommendations, guys. If you liked TMNT two, The Secret of the Use, but you want a little bit more, where are we going, Caitlin? Okay, so in this film, we got Vanilla Ice's uh, Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go. Of course. Yes. Uh, There was a recent TMNT movie that came out, and there was another really, really great song that has been on my playlist for a long time because I do listen to the song often. This is not a lie. Um, It's a song called Shell Shocked. It's by Juicy J, Ty Dollar Zine, and Wiz Khalifa. And it's Knock Knock, You About to Get Shell Shocked. And it's all about Ninja Turtles. And uh, if you have not listened to it, Listen to Shell Shocked because your life will be changed and you'll be chanting that along with Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go. Ty Dollar Zion. Yeah. Can he, uh, d- he just does no wrong. No, n- nothing. <laughs> Greg? Um, 
there is a there's been a long and proud history of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle video games. Uh, probably most notably the arcade game, which along with like the Simpsons arcade game um, and the X Men arcade game is like a classic beat 'em up that matters a lot to us. That like actually did spend some time in arcades as a kid. All those games have been collected in uh, a video game called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Cowabunga collection. I heard about this. Uh, and, and this includes the NES one too, right? The most yeah, the NES, of all time. <laughs> the one that's like basically just gets impossible <laughs> after a while. Um, and these games, even including the NES one that was impossible to beat, the Game Boy one that was like, um, you know, not an amazing triumph of video game history, the arcade one, all of these games are collected in the Cowabunga collection. And I feel like of all the different like forms of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff, video games really does offer the unique idea of taking on one of these turtles and maybe doing some of the co-op turtle attacks where donatello and michelangelo can join together for an attack is always a good time excellent i am going to i don't know how many people know this but uh when young matt murdoch was walking across the street one day he was hit by a truck full of green ooze Mm. and then got superpowers well he was blind but also got different superpowers um one of those cans of ooze rolled into the sewer and created the turtles uh, Matt Murdock fights the hand. The Ninja Turtles fight the, the foot. Foot clan. And uh, so my recommendation is literally any run of Daredevil. Uh, before Charlie Cox, like in the Ben Affleck era, Daredevil was kind of a joke, like a D-tier character. Um, but in the comic books, he's been treated so differently in that, like, this is where the great authors go to, like, sharpen their teeth. And... From Brubaker to Bendis to even the original Stan Lee stuff, there is so many great eras of Daredevil comic books. So really just grab any trade. Frank Miller, um, Born Again. Uh, like There's so many great Daredevil trades. So just pick one. And it's he's not a teenager, and he's not a mutant, and he's not a turtle. but And he's not really a ninja. But he's, kind of a, he's kind of a ninja. Kind of. Other than that, he's essentially one of these kids. So I'm saying Daredevil comics. Read them up. That is our show. Greg, if Ninja Turtles was eligible, and it's not, but if it were, would it just win the bracket, hands down? Probably not, but I really, really, really enjoyed it. And I think there's got to be... At first, I was like, there's not going to be even a Moody in this. There's not even like anything in contention. I think, potentially, this might win a Moody. I, I mean, Caitlin, we have a Moody uh, at the end of the year called Musical Moment. Right? Does this, does this movie have that on lockdown? With vanilla ice? With vanilla, uh, with the vanilla ice. You just gotta, you just gotta wait and see. Rob Van Winkle. Rob Van Winkle on this one. And on that Bloodhound Gang reference, <laughs> <laughs> I am contractually obligated to end the show. Um, Caitlin and Greg, thank you so much for being here with no me. No problem. You two are both my Donatellos to my Raphael, Michelangelo, Leonardo. And I'm Splinter, and I'm Shredder, and I'm Super Shredder, and I'm the Scientist, and I'm April O'Neil. So well, thank you I'm guys ooze. so much. You are, you are ooze, Caitlin. That is for sure. Uh, please check out TMNT2. It is on HBO Max and Netflix. It's one of the rare movies that's like too available. Like settle down, Super Review. If you want to watch this movie, the director will come over and sit with you while you watch it. Um, 
for Caitlin and Greg. My name is Ryan, and remember, keep.